Hello, I'm Nick Miller and this is the very first edition of The Sunday Miller. Trust me to pick a quiet news week to launch this brand new podcast. So little seems to have happened in the last 10 days that I'll be stuck for something to talk about. Well, apart from one Prime Minister having to reluctantly tender his resignation to the monarch, who then appointed another one in his place, and 48 hours later, said monarch, after an extraordinary seven decades on the throne of this sceptred isle, sadly passed away. And now we have a brand new king. Not sure if you caught any of this on the news, it's been very low-key. I'm on my way to the studio to record this podcast, hence the background noise. I did say record, it isn't live, it's a podcast. So forgive me if in this fast-changing world of news reportage, something you hear about in this programme sounds a little out of date. But being as it's a Sunday, I'll have a fiver on Nigel Mansell in the Italian Grand Prix, and I've got some very funny stuff about Prime Minister Macmillan. I'm presently walking through the Royal Naval College with my dog, We do this about three times a day, but she's coming with me to the studio today because she doesn't like to be left out. More about her in a bit, but I'll tell you why. I'm disappointed with my hometown, the not very royal at all, borough of Greenwich. Uh, A little later on, I'll be talking to my favourite octogenarian, Barry from Watford, who I'm hoping will be able to reminisce about the last time the reigning monarch passed away and the young Elizabeth II was crowned. I'll be talking about my idea of how Tory leadership elections could be made more fun and quicker in the future. Now the BBC have turned their Westminster Hall coverage into 24-7 Big Brother and the blessed irony of Oprah Winfrey trying to make peace between the old firm back in Windsor and the LA Royals. I know that sounds like an ice hockey team but I'm sure you know who I mean, Mr and Mrs Sussex. We've had tumultuous last few weeks of news. It's hard to imagine how anything can really top it. But I think that this year, possibly fairly soon, there could be something else that'll make us say OMG. Obviously, we won't actually say OMG to anyone because nobody actually speaks anymore. It'll just be a shocked face emoji on WhatsApp. So that's all happening in this first show. And every now and again, the great Alan Dedicote, the one and only voice of the Bulls, will be saying things like this. The Sunday Miller. More Bulls than the National Lottery. Earlier today, I was sitting outside a restaurant at the end of my road overlooking the river. And for the record, that's the Thames, not the Zambezi, just in case I may have misled you in any way. Um, I just walked through Greenwich via the Royal Naval College, and I love it so much. I feel very privileged to live around here with the history and the numerous landmarks and the park and the river, as mentioned. Uh, there have been a couple of bloody great big ocean liners parked up recently by the Cutty Sark. So it's all wonderful, but, but I, I've been quite disappointed actually a lot disappointed that of all the places you might expect to see tributes to our late monarch, the Royal Naval College, the Royal Observatory, Queen Anne's House, it doesn't get much more royal than Royal Greenwich. But apart from outside the Trafalgar Tavern, which I noticed this week evidently calls itself largest pub in Britain, which is draped in Union flag bunting all year round. I think it was put up before the Euros, but they kept it up for the Jubilee. Elsewhere in Greenwich, there were no pictures or anything Uh, Any interesting lighting to commemorate the passing of the Queen? I say that given that there's often a light show projecting coloured lights on the buildings in the Naval College at the drop of a hat, sometimes with accompanying music, usually for a particularly obscure event or the launch of a new energy drink or something. And I'm I'm not talking about the full Jean-Michel Jarre here, but uh, I just think it's amazing they didn't think to perhaps project a Union flag or a pick of the Queen or something. I mean, if the Sydney Opera House can do it so brilliantly, 
Why can't we? Apart from about three union flags hanging limply, flaccidly at half-mast from the sides of a couple of the university buildings, that's it. I just thought that perhaps they could have made a bit of an effort. Perhaps they could celebrate the 1600s when Wren and Inigo Jones built these magnificent buildings by putting some vegans in the stocks. But maybe they thought that the tomatoes wouldn't be acceptable if they weren't organic. And I have a Union Jack duvet cover. I kid you not. So my bedroom is actually more patriotic than the bloody centre of Royal Greenwich. <laughs> The Sunday Miller, half an hour of your life you'll never get back. Uh, my dog's now lying in a position that most of us would describe as obscene, were she not, not a canine. Uh, I inherited her from a very good friend of mine who used to run one of the pubs in Greenwich. So she's very people friendly. And when it gets very late, she'll say, Come on, you lot, ain't you got a bed to go to? She's actually a very beautiful husky. And people often stop to tell me so. And I have to pretend that their ugly little bundle of fluff on the end of a lead is equally handsome. Uh, one kid of about eight in the park recently told me that Huskies were his favourite dogs and she was fantastic. And could I sell her to him for a penny? I thought long and hard about it and de declined, at which point he offered me a million trillion pounds, which told me that he'd probably never been to the Middle East and haggled over buying a carpet. Um, I surmised that he probably didn't have one million trillion pounds because all of that cash would probably take up at least one articulated lorry. And at the age of eight, I very much doubted that he had an HGV license. So I bade him good day and went about my business. And my dog promptly went about hers. Nick Miller, the face for radio, the voice for a ransom demand. One, one bizarrely comical irony emerged this week. Oprah Winfrey has suggested that with the coming together of the new king's two sons in the aftermath of the queen's death and they and their respective wives, who patently loathe each other, working the streets outside the palace, it may be a good time for a rapprochement. So the woman who orchestrated the interview, which caused the rift in the first place, is now making herself out to be the peacemaker, aiming to bring them all back together. It was a bit like getting Charles and Camilla in a TV studio with the Spencer family and asking Martin Bashir to mediate. Um, meanwhile, Meghan uh, Markle, having made it 100% clear that she wants her and her cuckolded husband to have nothing more to do with the royal family, has been giving more media interviews suggesting that she's upset they're not allowed to call their children Prince Archie and Princess Lilibet, even though they've been automatically bestowed with those titles, now their granddad's become king. And you may have picked up on the fact that Meghan recently compared herself with Nelson Mandela. Uh, so before she found herself accompanying Harry back to the UK as the news of his nan's ill health had broken, she was anyway due to be here to give a keynote speech at the One Young World conference. It's a shame. I'd been hoping to attend her speech to hear her discussing her 19 years of incarceration on Robben Island. <laughs> It's the Sunday Miller. Now, I did say earlier that it's hard to imagine a more tumultuous last few weeks for jaw-dropping news and impossible to think that anything much can top it, really. But I do think that later this year, possibly sooner rather than later, something else big, and I mean big, could occur. And I think that involves jolly old mad Vlad over in his Moscow bunker. 30 years ago, much as we in the West loved Gorbachev, and we found Yeltsin the funniest and most dishevelled Boris until our one came along, the Russian people were not so sure as the Soviet Union was collapsing, so was their economy. What saved it from bankruptcy 
in addition to lots of investment from the West, was decades of economic and social modernization, and in no small part due to high global prices for its exports, as we've discovered very much to our cost lately. I refer, of course, to the energy crisis and Putin's gas pipelines. That's not a euphemism. Uh, in eight months of an invasion, it was supposed to have taken two weeks and seen the Ukrainian people hanging out the bunting and welcoming Putin's liberating them from what he described as a Nazi government. The Russian economy is in ruins. They're losing all the ground they gained in eastern Ukraine and quite likely to use to lose the Crimea as well. Upwards of 70,000 Russian soldiers have been killed. Many more have deserted. And it's all looking like ending in serious humiliation for Vladimir. Couldn't happen to an nicer bloke. Now, we know that he controls the media in a way that would have made Robert Maxwell proud, but dissension is rising. The oligarchs who've lived off the billions he steals from his country by the day have pretty much lost it all due to the sanctions. And even one famous Russian musician has managed not to die of unnatural causes as yet, having spoken out against the war at a gig. Of course, in Russia, you're not allowed to call this war a war or you'll never see your family again, but it can't go on. There's even been talk about how Putin might prefer to permanently retire from life. Perhaps he'd like to have a heart attack, like has happened to some of his Kremlin chums, a few oligarchs and a number of high-ranking generals. Of course, I'd like to see him sent to The Hague to live with William and be bored to death. But perhaps more likely he'll go the way of Ragil, uh, I beg your pardon, Ravil Maganov, the chairman of Russian oil giant Luke Oil, who dared to doubt the thinking behind the invasion and hence mysteriously fell from the six-storey window of Moscow's Central Clinical Hospital. That'll teach him to volunteer for a Noel Edmonds game show. The Sunday Miller. More balls than the National Lottery. Well, I'm really delighted to say that my first, my very first guest on my very first podcast is my very favourite octogenarian, Barry from Watford. Barry, hello. Oh, well, lovely. (laughs) What a lovely treat to uh, be part of what is yet another flipping (laughs) podcast. What a podcast! As if there aren't enough already. Yeah. First of all, I haven't seen you in in, in a while, and and we've already no. um, we've already lost one very popular national treasure uh, in the last week or so. I, I yes. hope you, I hope I find you fighting fit. What a bloody cheek! I'm well, I'm in the rudest of good health, Nick. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm now eighty-five. I've got the body of an eighty-three-year-old. I really do. Uh, what, no, I'm feeling great. Where do you keep that? Like, <laughs> Under me patio, you cheeky son. <laughs> no, um, no, I tell you what, I do feel, I feel good, and I do like this time of year. Getting very, very it? hot, yeah, very hot in the summer, and luckily that endless Indian summer, not being racist, endless Indian oh, summer has gone, and we've got a good old-fashioned British, <laughs> slightly miserable, uh, you know, autumn, autumn yeah. back again. Yeah. You're my do, do you call it the fall like the Americans do? No, I do not. Good on you. And there's certain things that I like. It is awesome, and they're, they're you know Americans, they're all right, but they don't they don't pronounce <laughs> things like up to me. Elevator, sidewalk, suspenders, aluminum, aluminum, aluminum kills me, doesn't it? No, no they don't even spell like that. I know. Is it? 
It only I, takes I, one more letter to get it right, but they can't yeah, manage it. No. Oh, can they be bothered with that? No. No, no. I've met a few in my time and Have they're you? all right. Apart from my bleeding ears, they were all right. You know? <laughs> yes. Well, but may, I, may I inquire about your lovely wife? How is Margaret? Why don't you mind your own damn business? No, how is she? She's lovely. And don't worry, that will clear up in time. So oh, good, good. She's she's all right. Oh, she's so lovely. She's sitting here now. Oh, just you a see? second. Do you want to speak to him? <laughs> I, no. I've got a what I've got I've got a I left a pork pie out for lunch today and I should have put it in the fridge. It's all gone all very got very hot next to the radiator oh, and all God. the jellies turned to a lovely porky liquid. She's oh, got how a lovely. straw. It's <laughs> lovely. It's lovely, lovely porky drink, you know. Do, do lovely. You, do you mash it up for her or has she got her teeth in? She <laughs> Well, I have to do both, really. Okay. I, I've what I do is well, I combine the two. I mash it up with her teeth sometimes. <laughs> That's what I do. I think, why not? It's disgusting. Why, why not? not? It's a handy implement. Absolutely. No, but she's lovely. I think she's grinning, or whether that's, that's, that's how you that's how you do your marzipan edging, isn't it, with her teeth? I, I just say that's how we do the marzipan. I don't know whether she's asleep or dead. One of the two. Now, it's a waste of a pork pie either way. Now, you're, if you don't mind me saying, you're probably the only person I know who, as a very young man, would quite yeah. likely remember the, the last coronation. And you may, I don't know, you may well have travelled into London oh. by, by steam rail to witness the event. But, did? Very, very much so. I did enjoy it, and I tell you what, it was wonderful. I mean, you know, we we got television for the first time, but but prior to that, it was all on the wireless. I remember every Christmas, my dad would go into the parlour to hear the king speak. What he was doing in our parlour, I have no (laughs) idea. But apart from that, we listened to the wireless. So I've seen a lot of changes. Even even the wireless was in black and white then, I think, wasn't it? Very much so. Yeah, you had to you had to wind the flipping thing up. You know, yeah. you had to borrow it. It was lovely. Day. I mean, you could leave your doors open. Many times <laughs> I come back and someone was carrying my sofa out the front door. I mean, yeah, but it, even so, that's the only thing. You know, it wasn't yeah. even the door open. Jesus Christ, it's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what do you make of uh, our new king, Charles the Third? I don't know. I don't know about you, but I often find that the third one of anything can be a little bit disappointing, like Jaws and Little Fockers. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, the little fuckers are uh, Andrew's kids, aren't they? <laughs> you know. I'd tell you what was terrible after that business he was involved with Prince oh. Andrew. Do you remember? Uh, he said, yes, "What I'm going to do is is concentrate on leisure and holidays." Or Beatrice and Eugenie, as they're also known. <laughs> so, um, now, I mean, yeah, I, I, the third one, I don't mind him. I don't mind, I don't know what Charles I and Charles II were like, but I think he's all right. The first one was a bit mad, apparently, and the second one was okay, so I gather. Well, and I tell you what, I do like Cam- Camilla. I was going to ask you, you that, the Queen Consul. Oh, I love him. I love him. I reckon <laughs> give him a couple of drinks. He's a right laugh, Camilla. 
I think he's wonderful. Oh, okay. I think it might be a lady. I'm not sure, but uh... it's 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 fluid. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fluid g- genetics or something like that. Isn't it? G- gender neutral is probably what you. That's what you, it. Something like that. Anyway, yeah. And yeah. uh, what about our new prime minister? We may have lost one Liz, but we've gained another. Are you a fan? Yeah. No, she's shite. Oh, is she? Oh, that, that's concise. Absolutely. I mean, talk about political lightweight. Bloody hell, she makes Nadine Doris look like Plato, doesn't she? I mean, Christ! <laughs> I, I'm, fond on, of, I'm, I'm fond of Plato. I love all those early Disney films. Oh, Nadine Doris. I mean, really? God, between her and, and Liz Truss, it's not a brain cell between them, is there? <laughs> Christ almighty. Not a name you hear very often these days. What's Dor- that? Doris, Doris. Doris. No, it's not. She is a right Doris, that one. No, they're all with that. I mean, I can't stand that lot. And I'm, I've got nothing funny to say about it. Because oh. <laughs> there ain't anything funny about it. Well, we'll I'd move, like to we'll move see on then. them Go gone. On. Oh, okay. Yeah, move well, on from there. Well, your um, your relationship with Margaret—I don't want to get into the intimacy of it—but uh, <clears throat> it's, it's almost oh. run parallel with the Queen and her beloved Prince Philip. So, how many years has Margaret been your Queen Consort? Oh, she's been, oh wonderful. Honestly, uh, well, sixty years. Wow. This year. Wow. Yeah, I will never forget that time up at the altar. I raised the veil. And after some shock, I then said, you know, uh, my marital, just an innocent young man and woman about to engage in a lifetime of marital hell. What could be more (laughs) natural? (laughs) But I do remember, I mean, you know, it's those simple things about each other that you love. I remember she offered up her finger at the altar. I squeezed it. She farted. (laughs) Not a dry eye in the house, you know. Oh, it must have been lovely. And uh, it was wonderful. I mean, I'll I'll be honest, we went back to the honeymoon suite. Very naive, of course, we was in them. Yeah, and I suspect it—it it probably was a bottom that I, <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really know. We didn't know, you know. In them but, days, no. Yeah, I knew it was no. in them days. It's around about that area, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I knew that, you know. Uh, funny enough, I was going to ask you: do Do you have any heirs to your throne? <laughs> God knows what you're about to ask. Any hairs where? What are you saying? Oh, sorry. Any hairs to my throne? My son, David, but he's a Burke. He really is. is. He? He's a, you know, he's a hard man, you know. Uh, but he's he, he, he does a bit of, he thinks he's a biker. He thinks he's a, oh, he fancies himself at the weekends. Oh, um, do you think I'm dangerous, he goes. I say, well, for someone who works in HR, at uh, <laughs> the local <laughs> council, yeah, very dangerous during the week. Yeah, I must say. Always no, but it. he's all right. No, I mean, he's in between him and Margaret. You know, with their facial hair, they look like ZZ Top. What <laughs> was, no, was Margaret? Lovely. Matter of interest, was Margaret named after the Queen's sister? I wonder, because it would have been quite a popular name at the time. Well, I think she's she was quite a popular lady, old Margaret. Margaret wasn't she? Wasn't she? Oh, not half. Lovely. Well, no, I don't know whether she was. I've never, just a sec. Was you named after Princess Margaret? No, she just drinks like her. That's all. <laughs> That's why she's comatose as we speak, you know. Yeah. Is she still on the fags, is she, Margaret? Or? 
well, what my Margaret or Your Princess Margaret. Margaret? Oh, she she's smoke. I can barely see her. It's a real pea super in here talking of the old days. <laughs> no, I can barely see. Her. She's got a Lambert and Butler on the go now, and that's it. All right, yes, yeah, she, she chains them. She chains them. I mean, like the duty freeze I have to get for her. I get her a couple of sticks of that. Can she, can she sing, Margaret? Because if, if the room is smoky, it must be like stars in her eyes. Anyway. <laughs> Not when she's got two fags in her mouth at the same time. She can't know. No, um, she sings Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, which she okay. does here. Um, <clears throat> who do you think is likely to turn up at the at the, the funeral? Do you think Putin will be there? or? Oh, blimey, this is jolly, isn't it? <laughs> out loud. Uh, who will turn up at the funeral? I don't know. But what I will I mean, that people, they don't know how to grieve, do they? No. People, there's all this. I mean, you know, I, I was at a funeral the other day. I'm always at the funerals. The suits I have to hire, I need a loyalty card at Moss Bros, the amount of flipping funerals I'm going to. But I went to one the other day, this widower, and he leaned over, so disrespectful, leaned over to the vicar halfway through. And he's, you know, he said, have you, have you got the Wi-Fi code? And the vicar said, absolutely disgusting at your own wife's funeral. And he said, right, and is that all lowercase or, uh, you know? <laughs> Will good. Putin turn up? I bloody hope not. Yeah, you I know, can't see it. Christ, that geese, or the way he's think, going, he won't be long behind. You I know, think you're right. I think there's probably been a travel ban on him anyway. But, um, <clears throat> well, look, I, I've got to, got to say it's, it's, it's lovely talking to you, as ever. But I, oh, thank, thanks, thanks ever so much for the birthday present. I always look forward to your uh, tins of corned beef. That's um, very much well, appreciated. Well, I hope you enjoyed them. That's nice. You can't go wrong with a bit of corned beef, you know, can you? Lovely. Yes, well, it was lunch and it meat last nice year. It goes nice and everything. Lunch and meat. Yeah. Bit of spam. Bit of I've spam. got all, the, all reconstituted meat for you. Yes. If I, hold on, I'll get, oh, Margaret, can you leave some of that porky juice? I'll stick it in a <laughs> container, send it to Nick. Yeah, she's nodding. I think she's nodding. Christ knows. <laughs> Shaking, uh, certainly. And, and also, thanks for the socks. A bit of a delicate question, though, about the socks. Yeah. Had, had they by any chance been previously worn? I, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but I'm aware of your recent Veruca treatment. Well, I don't want you to worry about that. I will have the corn plaster back. I think it's in the <laughs> top there. Uh, you're not supposed to have had used ones, man. Use ones. Well, they just looked at it. What's it got on the side? Is there? It's my old Spice Girls one, isn't it? It's got Jerry Hallowell on the side. Yes, I think it had Sporty on the other one, but but very nice. Sporty on the other one, and one of my socks had Spurty in it as well, probably. You know, too much, still too much, too much, too much. Sorry, everyone. No, that's fine. Look, Barry, I love you very much, and and give my give my best to to Margaret. Give her a cuddle from me. If that's, um... Nick sends his love. He wants to give you a cuddle. Oh Christ, she's perking up now. She's perking up. Christ. Oh, well, look, we will we will meet again, as the Queen said um, in in COVID days, and uh, and it will be lovely to see you both. So, um... oh well, lots of love and good luck with the podcast. Well done, mate. One of my favourite people. Oh, bless lots you. of love to you. Love to you all out there. Come on, things can only get better. Very true. I feel like bursting into song right now. Thank you very much, Barry. We'll see you very soon. Thank you, mate. Na na. Bye bye. Na na.
Sunday Mirror. You wouldn't have to listen to this nonsense if you were at church. If COVID did any good at all, at least it stopped us endlessly talking about Brexit. And the passing of Her Majesty the Queen has at least stopped everyone talking about the fact that the Tory leadership contest seemed to start back in the 18th century. Uh, when the Queen asked Liz Truss to form a government, it would have been great if she'd said, actually, nah, I've thought about it, changed my mind, having my nails done later. I'm not quite sure why, when she was announced as the winner, Liz Truss didn't attempt to shake Rishi Sunak's hand as she walked up onto stage. She was sat next to him, bar one space. I did wonder about that. But the lack of a courteous handshake was put down to her being forgetful. Yeah, right. Nobody in their far right minds think that's the case. It would have been great if she if she went to shake hands and then suddenly withdrew and did the wiggly fingers on the nose thing <laughs> or the L shape on her forehead. Loser! At least when Boris beat Jeremy Hunt for the leadership, the latter attempted to shake Boris warmly by the throat. They did actually do the handshake, but Hunt was holding one of those toy buzzer things that emits an electric charge that you get from joke shops. But it was the length of time the election process took that was the big talking point, and I think it could be truncated into a big Saturday evening light entertainment show. The various candidates all come on stage disguised as the Statue of Liberty or Peppa Pig or something, and Jonathan Ross and Davina have to guess who they are while Joel Domic cracks a load of very cheesy puns. It'll be great. The masked politician. ITV, you can have that one. The only thing is the new leader must be chosen entirely by chance, by random. But think of the excitement when the audience all shout, take it off, take it off. And the next prime minister takes off his fake head and we all go, oh shit, it's David Icke. Run for the hills. It's the Sunday Miller. I have on occasion worked as a TV reviewer, and I'm only glad that I wasn't asked to do that very thing these past 10 days. It's perfectly understandable, but it's been wall-to-wall QE2 and King Charles. These are momentous times, and I get it. So at least in this day and age, we have 116 streaming services, all called something plus, and it's hard to keep up with all the content. I mean, was anyone else watching House of the Dragon expecting it to be a Japanese property makeover show? Just me? Turns out it's a drama series set 100 years B.C., that's even before Joe Biden was born. It's been fascinating to witness all the TV reporters struggling to fill, fill endless hours of airtime, vox popping people waiting outside Buckingham Palace to see the new king up in Balmoral in Edinburgh, walking alongside the queue, asking the same questions over and over again. How far have you come? How long have you been queuing? Why did you decide to make the journey? I mean, they're not like to say, well, now she's gone. I just wondered if I still need the microwave. And the endless interviews with alleged royal correspondents in the studio. One ITV news presenter said to a guest, Charles now has to step into his mother's very small shoes, but at the same time, very large shoes. I think it's probably been quite a while since Charles was secretly wandering around the bathroom in his mum's shoes. We'll leave it there. for the hills it's the sunday miller i think many of us in our younger days may well have had tendencies towards republicanism but in reality if we elected a president in this country we'd end up with a type of aging has been flotsam and jetsam you get in the lords uh, basically a politician long past their sell-by date we'd end up with the frightening prospect of a president blair or a president kinnock or maybe a president widdicombe which would be fine if it was josh widdicombe rather than the one off strictly <laughs> i'd vote for that so we Brits, unlike the Americans, have had the advantage of the pomp and ceremony of the royal family and a theoretically apolitical monarch who, it seems, 
by the evidence of the last 10 days, we all love to smithereens. Uh, but yet we Brits, unlike the Americans, seem to be frightened of showing any pride in our country, lest we find ourselves accused of being jingoistic or, dare I say, patriotic. But actually, that's mainly the English. The Irish go crazy for St Paddy's Day and the Scots much the same for Burns Night, although I always think that sounds like an episode of Casualty. Uh, I'd have loved to have seen a reality show a bit like the other royal family, with Liz and Philip on the sofa watching telly, and the Prince of Wales walks in and the Queen says, What you have for your tea, Charles? It's reckoned that up to 400,000 people will attempt to cram onto trains up into London on Monday for the funeral, standing shoulder to shoulder, lucky to end up sitting in the luggage racks, much like any other commuter morning, some of you might say. Let's hope Mick Lynch doesn't get any funny ideas for tomorrow. Uh, I personally think it's a gross underestimate. I was only speaking to Diane Abbott this morning, and she reckoned it'd be more like 130 million people, but with well over 12 police able to control the crowds. Uh, it must be a huge logistical exercise for the police and the army and other security services with 500 heads of states and other dignitaries flying in. I'm guessing Putin and King Jong-un uh, would be wondering where if their invites were lost in the post. But of those visiting delegations, it's a bit sad to think that Australian Prime Minister Al Anthony Albanese and Antigua and Barbuda Prime Minister Gaston Brown will be flying in to enjoy the spectacle, scoff all the sausage rolls and volivants, then they'll be flying home to arrange referendums on whether they should retain King Charles as their head of state. Sort of checks it. Bloody cheek. They should make them queue for four days from Southwark Bridge. Actually, if I'd had the energy to queue for four days waiting to see the Queen lying in state in Westminster Hall, I'd love to have got to the front of the queue and then said to one of the stewards, oh, so this isn't the queue for Peter Andre tickets then? I hope the likes of Australia and Antigua and Barbuda stick with it. I've always liked Charles. I've always found him to have a great sense of humour, gravitas. And apart from Tom Cruise, nobody works the crowds like him. But there are always those who like to take a pop at him. A couple of friends I, I know think the monarchy should skip a generation, go straight to William. One of them said, I don't like the way he treated Diana. Because that's how people who think the monarchy should skip a generation actually speak. Don't start me on the Diana myth. I'll say that for another day. Of course, the New York Times, being the official journal of the woke elite in America, been having a pop at Prince Charles for making money on his real estate, even during COVID. And I was thinking that the pronoun police must be having real problems with the national anthem. Some of the bits are pretty easy. Send them victorious, long to reign over them. But what about God save the king? Now we no longer have a queen. God save the gender neutral monarch doesn't really scan, does it? And for that matter, what about the gender of God? How do they deal with that? Our parent or guardian or non-binary carer who art in heaven. Amen. Sorry, women. Oh, I don't know. Well, that's kind of it for me. What a week. If you listen to the whole thing, then thank you so much. And if you didn't, well, sod you. But seriously, you don't have to agree with me. And in some ways, it's fun if you don't. In this polarised, divided world, please don't cancel anyone. They may just have a point. Who was it that said, lend me your ears? Oh yeah, Van Gogh. He was a bit lacking in that department. Uh, I'd like to tell you what's in next week's podcast, but I can't because the news hasn't happened yet. See you next time. The Sunday Miller, written and presented by Nick Miller, with special guest Alex Lowe, and credit to the voice of the balls, Alan Dedicote. The Sunday Miller is an ultimate sound and vision production. <laughs> <laughs>